0: Welcome, this is Bleacher Blums, a sports podcast for baseball fans. Now here's David Tuttle and Astros master of banter, Blummer. Hey, it is Blummer and you are listening to the Bleacher Blums podcast. And if you are watching this on our YouTube channel, yes, Bleacher Blums does have a YouTube channel. You can go check it out, Bleacher Blums on YouTube, or you can go to at Bleacher Blums on Twitter, Instagram. Instagram send questions, ask, inquire, or you can go to bleacherblums.com. There's a mailbag there. You can send us questions on there also or find out how to find us on YouTube or on any podcast platform you can find a podcast on. You're going to find the Bleacher Blums. And if you are watching this on YouTube, this is a new setup for me. I actually have a potential uh, sound room, uh, sound studio, so to speak. It's a little pocket office that my wife has created in our house. I've got a, I got a little temporary backdrop that's going to show you a couple of t-shirts that you can find on at Ram Shirts, uh, ramshirts.com, crushcitytees.com. They do an unbelievable job. They obviously do all of our swag. You can see they take some of my quotes up here, like, sup, Every time you tweet me, I'll send that back to you if you take a picture of the booth. And then just a just a custom logo that I had made here that uh, my buddy Mark Ramos, producer and swag maker, who uh, hooked me up with. So I hope you enjoy that if you're watching on YouTube. If not, and you're listening to this podcast, this is the Bleacher Blums podcast. Usually I'm on here with my co-host, David Tuttle, but he is unavailable. He is vacationing right now, and we're just trying to get content out to you. So make sure you find him at Real David Tuttle on Twitter and on Instagram. And of course, if you want to reach yours truly, you know to go to blummer 27 on both Instagram and on Twitter to find me. So I hope you are enjoying your day. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. I hope that you are sharing this podcast with everybody that you know so they can get in on the act and enjoy the time in the bleachers. We obviously talk a lot of baseball. We talk a lot of sports. We've got a lot of family involved. This session may not have Tuttle in it, so I'm going to rag on him a little bit. And, uh, you know, I'm just jealous. It's all envy because he's out there in Hawaii. So my co-host, David Tuttle... Played at the University of Santa Clara, played on Team USA, played a ton of minor league baseball, just never got the break to get to the big leagues, but we are very good friends. He's got very good insight and obviously doing quite well if he's taking the family to vacation in Hawaii. So I hope he's doing a little hula dance for me and entertaining the family while I entertain you. And the funny thing about that is is him not being here is the fact that I can tell you that I have not been watching any of the NBA championship. Uh, number one, most commonly, I don't care to be honest with you. I'm not an NBA guy. I love me some college hoops, but, uh, the NBA game is just unappealing to me. And I think you even heard some quotes from Clay Thompson after the championship, kind of talking a little bit of trash, getting a little petty, which I don't mind at all. You, If you've followed me on Twitter, he said, shooting threes and winning championships. And that's basically what the NBA has become. I grew up in the age of the Lakers-Celtics matchup, where they just, you know, Detroit Pistons, the bad boys, they just bash each other in the lane. If you came into the lane, you were getting crushed. And uh, the skill wasn't actually shooting those three-pointers, even though it was quite helpful, and obviously can win championships, especially in this era of NBA champions. But uh, the Golden State Warriors, again, tricked the system, manipulated the system, and won the system. And I know Tuttle, if he was on here right now, I'd be talking mad trash about how great the Golden State Warriors would be and and I would just be sitting here going, that's cool, man. I had no idea (laughs) until I got the the alert on my phone. And even some of my daughters were noticing on Instagram that they were the NBA champions. So all the best to them. Great job. Again, they got back, got the title. uh, Pretty fired up for them. I think that's a great thing but bigger things were happening this week in Astros baseball. Obviously, I broadcast for the Houston Astros and I had the chance to do something that that is that is rarer in modern baseball than it ha- ever has been. It is more rare than a no-hitter. It is almost as rare as a perfect game. But the immaculate inning Now, let me explain this, because I have actually had the opportunity, I believe, to broadcast this and talk about it previously one time when Will Harris did it in 2019. So the immaculate inning, which happens more rare than no hitters, is when the pitcher goes out, strikes out the side, which isn't all that rare, but what makes it rare is that the pitcher does it in nine straight pitches. And that's exactly what happened when Luis Garcia took the mound the other day in the second inning. He had the bottom to middle part of the order coming up, Nathaniel Lowe, Ezekiel Duran, and Brad Miller, and he proceeded to go out there. And I think the fun part was I was able to go out there and broadcast that game and and call it, but at the same time as I was calling the game, I was actually talking about Aledmas Diaz and his broken glove that gave up an error in the first inning, they forced Luis Garcia to throw 30 pitches. He bounces back in the second inning, throws nine pitches, and strikes out. Lowe, Duran, and Miller— in progression, and we got to be on the call for that. That in itself was a miraculous thing. Both TK and I, you could hear it in our voices, had an absolute blast calling that. An immaculate inning. Nine-pitch, three-strikeout. Rarely happens in baseball. Luis Garcia, an immaculate inning and a fist pump. It was exciting. Uh, I, I tried to be as calm as I could as you're starting to witness this and realize that greatness was about to happen. And, of course, when he struck out Brad Miller, we lost it. And we got to talk about it for a couple more innings until it happened again. He did it. That was incredible. You've got to be kidding me. Two Two immaculate innings. Two of them. In one game. That has to be a new Major League mark. That could not have ever happened before. Phil Maton is thrilled as he walks (laughs) off the mound. Luis Garcia just got matched by Maton. Same three guys. The second time in one game, Phil Maton came out with the same three hitters, Nathaniel Lowe, Ezekiel Duran, and Brad Miller. All three got punched out on nine straight pitches again. So we witnessed something that had never, and I repeat, never happened in Major League Baseball. Two immaculate innings. And in my mind, I'm thinking about what's going on and how brutal it has to be for for those three guys to have that happen to them twice. And in the thought process of being emasculated during a game, I came up with Immaculated, which I thought was highly entertaining. And obviously, fans took uh, took kindly to that. So I appreciate you for listening and understanding that. But just to give you an idea, that is something that is never, literally, if you had been watching that game, you had never seen that before in a major league game. Think about how many games that TK has called. Think about how many games that I have played in. I think I played in about 1,500 games. TK has been broadcasting since 1993, and his dad, think about how many games he went to with his dad where they had been broadcasting, watching games, witnessing greatness, and then all of a sudden, the other day, we see two immaculate innings in the same game that had never, ever been done before in the game of baseball. So a credit to Phil Maton, a credit to Luis Garcia, also a credit to Martin Maldonado. He had a chance to catch both those. So the smile on his face at some of the pictures after the game were absolutely priceless and gave you an idea of how much it meant to those guys The dugout thoroughly enjoyed it. It's something that we probably won't see again for another 150 years. But it was it was a lot of fun to be able to witness. And one more caveat that I want to throw in there, in case you're kind of wondering what is so crazy and so weird and so uh, historic about this, Luis Garcia wears number 77. Phil Maton, and I know Astro fans are sitting in their car at the gym, walking, uh, taking the dog out for a walk, all of a sudden said in your mind or said out loud, Phil Maton wears number 88. So go think about that. Immaculate innings in the same game. Absolutely historic. Absolutely incredible. I had an absolute blast calling that. You can hear it in my voice. I know sometimes it may be unprofessional, but I, like you, am a fan of the game of baseball. And when I witnessed history, I lost my mind. I thought it was incredible. And I hope that we see something like that again. But that's why you continue to watch baseball. And there's other big news going around Houston. I just wanted to hit on this real quick because I was kind of fired up. I am not a, I'm probably more of a soccer fan right now than I am an NBA fan. I know I talked about it earlier about how I didn't watch any of the NBA championship, even though I'm sure Tuttle got super stoked about it because the Warriors ended up winning. But one thing I have been doing is trying to watch some Premier League, trying to watch some of that. I know when the World Cup comes around, I'm a huge fan of all the countries that are able to play in that. And obviously being a homer, you cheer for USA, but you know they're going to get smoked by somebody in Europe. But what's interesting about that is that in 2026, when the World Cup comes back to the United States, guess what? The city of Houston, along with several other cities – Around the U.S. are going to be able to be hosting games in the World Cup, so I can't. I, I'm actually pretty stoked about this, and I don't know who to reach out to, but I would love to be able to be on the 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 uh, the announcement side or be able to be somewhere in the vicinity of being around the World Cup that is coming to Houston. So mark your calendars in 2026. I believe NRG Stadium is going to be the site where they're going to have some of these uh, soccer games, but the World Cup is coming to the states. And it's also coming to Houston and I am a, I'm a, I'm a novice, amateur, beginner, soccer kind of watcher, but World Cup always entertains me because obviously I love the loyalty to the United States and I love the fervor and the excitement that are around everybody who roots for their country. And this being such an unbelievably diverse community and massive community here in Houston, I can't wait to see the excitement that the World Cup brings as they come back to Houston here in 2026. I'm excited about it. I hope that you are too. And more upcoming events, this one a little more recent than 2026 or a little more current is going to be the Astros this upcoming week. They have got a road trip and this road trip is going to be, is off the chain used too much or is it still being used? Am I outdated in saying that? But I know that it's going to be unbelievable in so many different ways because this road trip coming up has the Astros going into Yankee Stadium for four games. They have a day off, and then they have two more at City Field. So get this: New York's second favorite team, third favorite team right now, the Houston Astros, and I mean that with tongue in cheek, facetiously. That the the favorite team in New York is the Houston Astros because we know how fans treat Houston. They are going to be in New York City for one entire week. I'm going to be there. My family's going to come up and visit. We're going to have plenty of content on that, and I will be doing my best to try and absorb the emotion of having the Houston Astros in the city of New York for a week. We all know how it goes down in Yankee Stadium. We saw it last year with, I think it was half capacity. This season is obviously going to have full capacity. I can only imagine some of the ranch chants and excitement, uh, visceral... Uh, community that's going to be showing up in the city of New York to watch those games both in the stadium and I would imagine a little bit outside the stadium. I hope it is a safe trip to be honest with you. I know that there's going to be a lot of competitive banner. I don't know how many fans are actually making it up to New York, but if you're in the vicinity, make sure you support your boys, but also be careful at the same time. Let's do it in good fashion, good clean fun as this rivalry has really heated up over the last couple of years. Uh, You've got two of the best sluggers And beside all of the external action that's going to be happening, I cannot wait to put Jordan Alvarez in that stadium again, considering what he did last time he was there, two home run game against Garrett Cole, and then you put him up against Aaron Judge. Those are the two, they might be the two, biggest human beings in all of baseball, but then you have the two biggest sluggers in all of baseball, 1-2 in hard hit percentage, 1-2 in slugging percentage, 1-2 in OPS, uh, and stuff like that. So you've got a lot of numbers. You've got a lot of big personalities. You've got a lot of big talent all colliding in New York. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. The Yankees are obviously a team that has won 40 games plus, and then you also have the New York Mets, who are the second best team in baseball, I think, if you had to, if you had to calculate it right now, because They've won 40-plus games, and it's going to be a tough run for the Houston Astros. They will play the Mets at home before going on that road trip, but it's going to be very interesting in so many different factors, and I hope everybody tunes in. And again, make sure you're sending us your questions and your ideas and your thoughts about that series at Bleacher Blums, because... There's going to be a lot going on. And the only thing I hope is that I can keep up, but I will have my family there. So hopefully they'll just have a camera camera on me the entire time and we'll collect as much content as we can. So make sure you stay tuned to at Bleacher Blums. Um, And I think that's going to do it for all the updates and some of the news. And I think right now we're going to take some questions. I know that my producer, Mark, is going to pop on and eventually give us some questions.
1: So this weekend, the Astros are playing the White Sox. But you're only working one one day out of the week because Apple took a, Apple took a day and ESPN took a day. How, how do you look at that? I mean, is it like, yay, I have a day off or a couple of days off, or is it like, is it a bummer that you don't get to? Be there, um, especially
0: for the White Sox. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's a connection there. It maybe it limits the opportunity for everybody to talk about 2005 again. Although it was kind of fun to see <laughs> shaking your head. Although it was kind of fun last year to have that ALDS, you know, matchup was a lot of fun to kind of rekindle some of those postseason highlights between the two teams. But to be to be brutally honest and upfront. When you get two days off in the middle of June, you kind of look forward to it. But at the same time, you're disappointed because of the matchup. You've got two of the oldest managers in the game and Tony La Russa and Dusty Baker. And obviously, Tony La Russa's had his issues. The White Sox aren't playing as good. And so you like to beat up on those teams that, uh, that, that you should be beating up on and that you did beat up on in the past and just kind of remind them who you are. And uh, yeah, Apple took a bite out of our schedule and so did ESPN and it's a little tough because the the emotion that we bring to games I think in in entertains our fans and people around baseball and I don't think that Apple does does it justice and hopefully ESPN does. I know the Sunday night crew for me has actually gotten really good with Carl Ravitch, Eduardo Perez, and David Cohn. I think they have done an excellent job. And truth be told, this Apple game that is coming uh, Friday, that will be on Friday, will have a different crew than the Katie Nolan crew. And it's unfortunate that that crew, that like Hunter Pence and uh, gosh, I can't remember the other guy's name, but uh, it, it, it's a shame that Katie Nolan takes the attention away from the game. You won't have that, friday when you have chris young i know is the player that's going to be broadcasting and then he's got uh melanie i can't remember melanie's name but she does the play-by-play on radio for the baltimore orioles so i haven't heard their broadcast but i'm hoping it's a little bit better (laughs) we're not
1: really counting you know it has been you know about 6078 days since you crushed houston's dreams in the world series (laughs) but um we won't get too much into that but I mean, how much how much love does the South Side still give you?
0: Quite a bit, to be honest. And it was kind of it was it was every time I go through there, there's still security guards, ushers, uh, front office staff, training staff, you know, uh, clubhouse managers, clubhouse kids. There's a lot of people around the field that are still there from that 2005 season. So yes, in that sense, I get it. I get a lot of love from that, and there's certain there's certain places around town that if I really needed a table, I could kind of remind them who who, I, who what happened and uh, the impact, and you know the name always jogs the memory. But I've got to give a lot of credit uh, to the to the White Sox front office and the White Sox uh, in game uh, production crew because every time I go through there, they will put a highlight on the on the scoreboard out there and they will shoot me in the booth broadcasting for the Astros and, The fans stand up, you know, give give the applause. Where I, you know, my ego is too big for the booth, and I got to relax for a little bit. And TK's got to bring me back down to earth. But that's they do treat me extremely good. And even the Southside broadcast, the NBC uh, Comcast crew, uh, once uh, once a series, they will actually shoot into our booth and and mention that I'm in the building. But yeah, there there are certain perks to to being a World Series champion. Much like I know a lot of these Houston Astro guys know, being in a great city like Houston, winning a World Series. championship and bring that much attention to the city provides certain perks. If you need a table, maybe a free drink, fan recognizes you. And I can't tell you how many times I've been just being a Houston broadcaster in the city of Houston, how gracious some of the fans are with me here in the city. So, uh, you know, having, having been successful in two great cities has really been a blessing for me.
1: Awesome. Uh, going back to this New York trip, you know, because I mean it's kind of unique that you're you get to stay in one place for a week that's not <laughs> your house so does that throw off any, any routines or is it, you know, just a lot easier or is it, you know, how, how's that?
0: You know what, the it, it, a lot of it depends on the city because, you know, I've, we had this experience. I never had this experience as a player. I don't remember, but I remember as a broadcaster, when we were playing the um, the nationally West, we actually went in and did the same thing in San Francisco. So when we play the Oakland A's, we stay in San Francisco. So, the hotel uh, that we usually stay at in San Francisco is relatively close to, uh, what is it, AT&T Ballpark or whatever it is now in San Francisco. It's got 78 different names. But uh, we we stay at the same hotel in San Francisco that we do in Oakland. And we actually had a four-game series and then a three-game series. So there was a week. Oh, nice. Yeah, you were in San Francisco. And it's, it's good to a point, but you kind of exhaust the city a little bit. And, uh, that trip seemed extremely long and it's just odd unpacking in a, ho- living out of a hotel is just odd in itself, but to do it for a week makes it seem like it's a little bit longer. I would imagine that New York is going to be maybe a little bit more fun just because the city's a bigger, there's more to do around there. There's great restaurants, mm-hmm. there's good bars. I think, uh, I know my family's coming up, so I'll have the distraction of having my girls and my wife with me. And my wife has always been somebody who gets out of the hotel, walks around, figures out what's happening, goes to a show, goes to Central Park. Um, I think she actually mentioned she wants to go to the Central Park Zoo that I didn't even know was in there until I watched the movie Madagascar. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to try and relive a little bit of that. And take the kids around and see some stuff. And I, you know, obviously it's going to be, you know, it's been two and a half years since we've been out there. So we're going to, you know, check out what's different, what's the same, if there's still some restaurants that we loved going to that are still there. But it's always a good time. So that's going to help kind of kill some of the time that we're out there. But I'm not a fan of Yankee Stadium, new Yankee Stadium at all. I was a huge Mm. fan of old Yankee Stadium just because of the mystique, the lore, and the idea that I was digging into a box that Mickey Mantle, Lou Gehrig, Joe DiMaggio, and some of these guys dug into. So that's kind of lost on me in the new Yankee Stadium, and it's just kind of this concrete, monolithic piece of... You know, stadium that just ha- doesn't have the character for me that old Yankee Stadium did. But I love what they've done with City Field. As far as the New York Mets are concerned, Shea Stadium was an absolute dump. As far as much as it was fun to play in there, the ongoing joke there was a little bit of a gap in the hallway it wasn't even a hallway. Uh, we had to walk underneath the stands to get from the clubhouse to the dugout. And we had, you know, a running joke about how many dead bodies were buried underneath this place. So we're kind of glad that they blew that place up. And I had the chance to play in both new Yankee stadium and city field and city field. I think they did a phenomenal job about, about going, uh, setting that place up. It's totally enclosed. It's kind of on top of you. You kind of feel the energy of the fans, which is a lot of fun, but, uh, the other unique thing about City Field is it's right next to LaGuardia Airport, so it literally sometimes, if the wind is blowing right and if they've changed the landing pattern, it feels like those planes are literally landing uh-huh. in left field when they come down. Uh-huh. It's crazy. That's awesome. But I'm hoping it goes by quick, but it's a, it's a good trip. It's a good city to be in for a week.
1: Are your uh, golf clubs going to make the trip up to New York? You better believe it. We,
0: <laughs> we, we, we got a day off up there, and I can't remember the, the golf course that we're getting hooked up at. But I know that we're getting hooked up at a really nice golf course. So, yes, being in a city for that long and having the opportunity to play a nice course, yeah, I'm going to spend the extra dough and send the clubs up there. And uh, hopefully they get up there in one piece and we can have some fun for sure.
1: Switching back to the podcast – you know, we we just had uh, Ben Verlander. You know, we had uh, Evan Gaddis. We've had a, uh, you know, astrophysicist on on there. Um, because we're trying to get you know one guest a month, or you know, we're we're working on on stuff like that. Is there is there someone that you're like, man, I this is going to be a get. This is this is I I want to get this person. I want to ask
0: this person some questions. Oh man. Uh, You know, selfishly, if Ben Burlander could get his brother on his podcast and then send him over to our podcast, I would absolutely love that. (laughs) Um, There's plenty of Hall of Fame guys that I would love to be able to chat with. I'm sure that Tuttle has a guy, you know, a pitcher that he would love to be able to chat with, you know, like a Greg Maddox or, you know, somebody like that. And uh, it's always guys out of our era. But if I could go out there and get one guy... You know, it would be like Cal Ripken Jr., a guy that I watched Mm. growing up who was a larger shortstop and kind of played forever. And, uh, Mm. you know, Nolan Ryan is a guy that I think about too. Some of these guys, and the reason I say that is because there are certain guys who played during an era where playing every day wasn't – it was expected. It was mandatory. And I think that's why they put up these astonishing numbers of – You know, the most strikeouts, you know, if you could get a Barry Bonds and talk about home runs, uh, he's, he's an unbelievable conversation about hitting because he was on such a different level. You know, Tony Gwynn was the same way where they just have a knowledge that is beyond what we can understand, but it'd be fun to talk to him. But I also would like to talk to those guys that have all time records, whether it be, you know, Pete Rose with the hits, uh, Barry Bonds with the home runs, Nolan Ryan with the strikeouts and talk to him about longevity, setting that mark. And understanding that those numbers will never, ever be broken again. And that's where it would be interesting. Not just comparing errors, but kind of seeing their idea of the current state of the game. I think that'd be a lot of fun.
1: I got one last thing here. All right. I've seen it. I've seen it on Twitter. A couple of people have asked, and you know, you were able to respond about, would you coach some baseball? Ooh. Now, is there, you know, just hypotheticals here, is there a, a level that you're they're like, hey, you know, I, I don't want to start... I'd, I'd prefer not to be here is it MLB or nothing you know is it the majors or is it like high school college or what would be your ideal if it if it were to happen
0: if if I were to get the opportunity to coach there are probably two circumstances that I would I would consider one would be one would be a, a head probably I mean I probably have to be a head coach in college I'm not sure where to be honest with you cuz obviously I'm an alum of uh, Cal Berkeley they're in a great conference in the in the Pac-12 but at the same time, you know, financially it's got to make sense. I've I've got a wife and four kids. I've been spoiled rotten throughout my career. I've been spoiled as a broadcaster. So, I have expectations financially that I would like to go into a situation that's got to be one of them, but it's also got to be, you know, the the team, the university, the the conference, you know, the SEC is something that jumps out. I know that those guys do extremely well, but there's also that pressure of, of being expected to do well. And I think that's something else that appeals to me is having that expectation of doing well. So if I were to go into the college ranks, uh, you know, I would like to, to be in a, you know, a power three conference. I would like to to be a head coaching job and really, you know, put my, put my handprint on what that university is doing because I feel, you know, my daughter's going to the University of Arkansas and I've already, you know, I'm already sold. I, you know, I'm, I'm a loyalist, (laughs) you know, I want to be loyal to something. And I think that's where college gets really interesting for me. And then, uh, selfishly at the big league level. Yeah. It would have to be a big league job somewhere, whether it be first base coach, third base coach, bench coach, you know, I don't know if hitting coach, man, all the guys I talk to are amazing people and amazing hitting coaches. but you talk about high stress and dealing with personalities on a daily basis. That is an exhaustive amount of work for limited return. I know that underneath, (laughs) underneath you get respected by your players and they appreciate you, but externally you just don't get that love that you probably deserve. I know know, Alex Cintron and Troy Snicker, Mm -hmm. those guys deserve a lot of love for what the Astros are doing. And those are two guys that I really talk to quite a bit because I appreciate what they do and how they do it. So I've been kind of picking their brains and talking to them, but they've mentioned that it's really a tough job. And then, uh, You know, bench coach or manager, obviously, that would be a lot of fun, too. You know, in the right situation, in the right city, with the right personnel and the right organization, uh, I would not turn down an opportunity to interview for any of those jobs. And it's kind of interesting, you know, uh, Phil Nevin getting the interim job out there in California, uh, I have a great relationship with him. I have a great relationship with A.J. Hinch. I have a great relationship with Brad Ausmus. You know, some of my contemporaries are starting to move into uh, managerial jobs and things like like that but uh, i don't know how they feel about me being an ex-media guy if i ever came into their dugout but you know if if the phone call ever came i i i I will tell you honestly right now i probably wouldn't uh decline it i'd probably take it that's all i got yeah dude anytime it's good having you on marco
1: (laughs) i don't like to be on but (laughs) you you did great got to do what we got to do sometimes
0: Yeah, we do. And of course, at the end of every podcast here at the Bleacher Blums, we like to uh, give a shout out to all military personnel, both home and abroad, protecting our borders, keeping us safe, and allowing the Bleacher Blums podcast to continue. All of the first responders, uh, police personnel, fire personnel, EMTs, nurses, doctors, all the essential workers, keeping those uh, supply chains going as best they can and keeping those shelves supplied as much as they can. And of course, to all the teachers enjoying your time off, we hope you enjoy it. It, get those tans worked out because August is coming up pretty quick and of course at the end of every podcast we tell you to get after it and believe it
1: and if you're over the age of 45 please get screened for colorectal cancer
0: <laughs> that a boy we did it you better get after get after good lord.